is Christine Conti, and you are listening to best-selling author of Split Second Courage. What if your fears were the key to your dreams? That's right, everyone. Available on Amazon right now as an ebook or paperback. Grab your copy today and unleash your inner superhero. What is holding you back from living the life you truly deserve? It is Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are two fit crazies. And the microphone. We are where it's at. Brian, how's it going? It's going really well. I'm excited. This was a great episode. Right up my alley. It, it's He's a great guy. And not only... Was he sitting next to us in our VIP area at Idea World um, because he was up as a finalist for, what was it, the um, Fitness Leader of the Year. Leader of the Year. And leader he is. David Geslack is just a phenomenal human being who has devoted his life pretty much to working with people with autism. That's right. He's the uh, president and founder of Exercise Connection. And, uh, you know, they do, they do everything. They uh, have education to uh, help train the trainers to, you know, become, uh, you know, experts or specialize in working with this clientele. And, you know, it's just so great. They've got an app, Exercise Buddy, that rolls out programming for them. And, you know, like it, it's, it's, it's such a, um, it's a very fun population to work with, as you hear in the in the, in the show. I, I work with some kids myself, and you know all of these tools. It's so great because he said, you know, may work for a lot of them, and mm-hmm. some of them just won't. You know, like you really have to find the sweet spot um, with these clients. But what we know is that's what we should be doing with training in general, uh-huh. right? We always got to find the sweet spot with our clients, and uh, you know these kids teach us things. That's there's, what I've learned. There's so much valuable information that you're going to hear from David. You know, whether you work with people with autism or any disabilities or chronic diseases or anything, you know, he has put in 19 years of experience working with this demographic and really put himself into the trenches. And for those of you out there that are, you know, thinking, how can I better help and serve the world? Go out and get some experience. How about that? There you get go. some experience and find out what really gets people motivated and that's connection and trust and and you are going to be surprised at what may happen so i'm excited for this one you guys no, are gonna love it it's really good david david is is uh is doing fantastic work and he's helping so many people and he's helping other trainers learn how they can help people just the same and it's just the ripple effect that is just what we need at and this great time stories too. oh the best the best good stories so uh, we appreciate you uh, taking a listen to this one. I think you're going to dig it. Uh, this is Two Fit Crazy in a Microphone podcast with David Geslack, founder, president of Exercise Connection. Here we go.
is another fantastic episode of the Two Fit Crazies and a Microphone Podcast. And Brian, how you doing? I'm doing well. I'm excited. So I got you pumped up for our yeah, guest today. Yeah, no, I always, in. always. Not that we're not always pumped, but this is very, like, we're passionate about passionate people who are making great changes in the world. And here we have it. All right. So we are welcoming David Geslack to the show, president, founder, exercise connection. How are you, David? I am doing great, Christine and Brian. Thank you guys for having me. I'm excited to be here. And uh, let's let's rewind a little bit because our guests never just fall onto our airwaves. I have the privilege. I mean, well, let's talk about for some reason, the three of us just happen to be sitting VIP at the Idea World Convention Convention right. in Las Vegas. The welcome in party. That- July. The big kickoff. Yeah. And I was the meet between Brian on my left and David (laughs) on my right. What a great, great experience. I I still have the single piece of paper. No, I gave it to you. That says reserve for Christine Conti. (laughs) The seat. Right. Right. It was right on there. Well, dead David's was next to mine. It's funny that you say that, Brian. I still have mine, too. I've got it in my seat in my office because, you know, I'd like to be there again next year. So that's the goal or, or one of the goal, one of the goals. Oh, we will. I'll see you there, David. <laughs> <laughs> you and I, well, eyes on the prize. <laughs> well, well, tell us. Tell us. Let's start there. What were you doing there? What were you yeah. up for? What was the award? Uh, what was the what were you a finalist for? Yeah, I was a finalist. uh Truly blessed and humbled to be a finalist for the Fitness Leader of the Year Award um, for my work over the last, uh, this is going on year 19 uh, of working and developing exercise programs for those with autism. I love this. I love this. I work with some kids with autism. Uh, the, my, my local high school, my, my old school that I, you know, I have a gym uh, just around the corner from. Uh, I, I work with the kids in that program uh, twice a week, so I'm excited to speak with you further about that. But um, you said 19 years. Yeah. Uh, w- w- did it start with autism? Where did it? Ha- how did it lead to autism? And and what's the story behind it? Yeah. So my I, I went to the University of Iowa. Uh, and I got I left there with a degree in health promotion, and as at that time in ACSM health and fitness specialist, which is now an ACSM exercise physiologist. Um, Along that time, too, I was also uh, sitting, eventually sitting for the NSCA strength and conditioning specialist certificate. So, but my senior year, um, I got an internship at the University of Iowa football program. All right. And so I was an intern. And then of the three interns asked to stay on as a student assistant coach. So I was at Iowa football for the entire 2003 season. And there's a reason behind this as well. So I eventually um, when I graduated, I eventually left there. And, you know, a lot of people, I think, in the fitness industry, right, many people want to work with athletes, be in that setting. And I just didn't feel that that was my calling, per se. Um, while I was there, I was also working at the local high school as a strength and conditioning coach. Um, but I had more connections with those kids. Uh, also I was the low man on the total pole, right. As a 
student assistant training coach. But while, so I left there, I went back home uh, to Western suburbs, Chicago and started a gym nine months after I graduated. That was ultimately meant for kids. And at that time, you know, not that this has changed, right. But kids who are overweight, right. Um, But just as many of you know, and many people listening, right. We, we, just to keep the door open, I still had to train athletes. I was training adults and obviously trying to build, you know, the kid business per se. A dad I was training brought me his son and and he goes, um, my son is on the autism spectrum. He, can you teach him sports? But he also, he can't skip. And if people don't know, um, a neurotypical child that is that can skip is shown better to read than a child who cannot. Okay. So I was more intrigued in getting him to skip than quite frankly to teaching him sports. I and then at that time in 2004, I didn't really know anything about autism other than one it was a one in 150 diagnosed. Now it's one in 44. Wow. Um, yeah, world's fastest growing developmental disability. Um but I wanted to try to teach him to skip. So I used those same strategies that I was taught at Iowa football. I was in charge of the incoming freshmen there. And I had to reteach them the bench, the squat, the power clean, because as most high school athletes, as I was a high school football player, it's all about right quantity, not quality. So I had to break it down or I was taught to break all these movements down to increase strength, power, um, reduce risk of injury, you know, all that stuff. So I used that same strategy and I got this boy to skip in four sessions. And I had come to find out after he was smiling ear to ear, the mom was crying that they had been trying for years. So that moment obviously changed his life and his parents, but it changed my career path, and uh, that's how it all got started. Isn't that crazy? That's so the little cool. things that are not so little are are life changing and can get someone to see the world in a different way. And it's it's just so insane how people I think are meant to cross your paths. And yeah. so now, what happens with this? I mean, it feels so good. I mean, just take a moment and, re, you know, go back for yourself because that's such a powerful moment. Now, what what are you thinking? What forward from here? So, you know, I, one, feeling good. I still get I'm getting goosebumps again telling the story. Um, but I'm thinking, all right, well, I made this connection. I was always challenged even when working at Iowa football or even with um, at the high school with the kids there, like the, the not the high level athlete, right? I wanted I wanted to see those those middle of the road athletes see them perform, and how can I get them to perform better? So when I saw that with this kid with autism, I was like, man, this is this is cool, right? I, I did Absolutely. something for him. Yeah. So um, I went to start. I just started working with more, um, but. After about three years, and this was one story, like we had a small group of kids coming from a school, coincidentally, right, less than a half a mile from our facility, there was a school for children with autism up the street. So they started coming to us for their 
essentially their physical education because they didn't have it. It was a private therapeutic day school. So they come to us and one of the kids came to me or I said hello to him. He was nonverbal and he just wet himself. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I, you know, still, I know nothing. Then one kid, uh, he was older transition age, high school transition age student, um, big boy had, was having a behavioral issue. So the, the principal of the school was like, Hey, can we put him in this room, but can we actually turn up the music? And when you think about autism, right, most people think let's turn it down. Sure. And at that time, so I'm like, yeah, how loud? She goes all the way. And I'm like, so we literally in our group exercise room, just cranked the music up and that calmed them down. Like, so to land the plane on my story. So eventually I left my gym to go work at that school as a paraeducator. And for many people who don't know, a paraeducator is the lowest paid, yep. most dis almost, I could say this, but you're not valued or you're disrespected in the special education system. There's no, there was no, um, on my job description, it didn't say Dave's going to, you know, you're going to be changing diapers on 18 year olds. You're going to be bit, hit, scratched and pinched. But I stuck it out. I did it, but I was involved in all of these kids like therapies and sessions. And I was learning how they learned. And eventually that school found funding after about a year of doing that for me to start their, essentially their physical education program. Wow. And, and how do you, as a trainer, you know, you're, you're figuring this out as you go. How, how do you educate yourself on the, were there programs then where you can learn more about autism or is it, was it, and, and, and does that even blend with fitness and movement and all the things that you have to do as a, as a trainer of them? Um, I mean, the biggest figuring out was not from the movement or the exercise perspective, because quite frankly, I see these kids in this community for their capabilities and not their disabilities. Sure. But what I needed to figure out was like, again, how do they learn? Like, right. So it's visual supports. They need structure. They need evidence-based strategies. And I was learning and watching these kids in the special ed room, in an OT session, a PT session, a social skills group. And that's where then I realized, okay, they need this, they need structure, but then also all of those evidence-based strategies, there was nothing like specific exercise supports. So eventually we started, me and my team started creating these evidence-based practices with our visual system, our app, Exercise Buddy, to, to, to help not only help, well, eventually me, but more professionals who want to help this community. You know, it's fascinating as I sit back and listen to you that many fit, let's just say fitness professionals, people out there that are passionate about movement and helping people with exercise, you just said something really powerful. And it was, you know, people can go out and you can get educated about exercise science and movement and kinetic chain. And that's one thing. But it's another thing to understand how people learn when you're autistic or for me i my niche is working with people with chronic diseases and when you go speak at conferences or you you lecture people it's not about teaching someone to squat 
or teaching someone how to do a basic move. We get it. We, you got that. We understand. It's do you know how to teach that to a specific learner? How did they interpret what you're saying? And I remember when I was in college, there was a um, – it was Doug Flutie's. One of his child development centers was on my campus. And it, one of the most powerful things I did was I took – a year and a half, so three semesters of child development where I worked in the autism school and ran programs and, and you know, you went for half hour sessions with the kids and, you know, you saw what, what the, you know, what their educators were put, I guess, put through or, or they, they showed up every day and they were beaten up and they were scratched and they were, you know, bit and yet you stick with it. And it's a powerful thing because you understand because you put yourself through that. And I just think that's such a powerful message for everybody out there. If you want to work with a demographic and in fitness, go work with that demographic. Learn your fitness, but now go work, really, and see what yeah. that's like. Yeah. No, you're right on. And, and also, I think the other thing, too, that I, you know, what you were, I think also what I'm hearing you say, and, and I think it's key to autism, but any demographic is building that relationship with your client or your customer. Right. And, and we know that those with autism, that is a critical component to helping them, not just an exercise, but anything you do. But it, and, you know, I always joke about this in my presentations is, you know, there's a lot of, you know, the newer fitness professionals or some, other fitness professionals who just want to talk and talk the lingo of biomechanics and all this, mm -hmm. and you know, what? that is not going to sell the, you know, whether they have autism or whether they're a, you know, 40 year old male trying to just get into exercise, they don't want to hear your, your knowledge. And it, it goes over their head. Like you have to connect with them, build the relationship. And then yes, you can slowly educate them. But I think so many people want to come out and just start talking big words that, it doesn't matter. Right, right. Ditch the lab coat. You know right? what matters? Yeah. The stories. I think the stories yeah. and the experiences matter. I mean, why do we podcast? Yeah, no, we get these. We get the the stories. Like what you know, we I, I have written down already. The boy. I want to know more about the boy that you taught to skip. We'll get to that later. But <laughs> like, where is he now? What's he up to? You know, all those things. And 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 like you know, those are like the the connections that you are able to make and what you do, and how you're able to help these kids is you know it's it's. It's beyond. I mean, we, and we see it too. And, and, you know, whether you're working with athletes that become, become, you know, extremely successful and that's part of your backstory. And hey, I worked with that kid when he was 16, you know, or, you know, the autistic kid who, who can skip and, you know, is, is now able to do some things or maybe they're, you know, uh, uh, performing in jobs and things that, uh, you know, that, that maybe at one point people didn't think that they were able to do. Yeah. Um, you know, or, you know, or anything. My wife teaches kids to read, right? So now, like, you know, she comes back and the, she hears stories about how the, from the parents about how the kids love to read, you know, and yeah. those stories are the, are the thing. And very rarely does it come from, you know, the X's and O's of it all or the, you know, the terminology and all that stuff. And there's terms in all of these things. And, uh, you, you nailed it. It's like, it's, it's the relationship. Mm hmm. Yeah. I will tell you, I was at the gym this morning and what I still see, and this kills me, it's a younger trainer, but I, again, I don't know their background, right? But, but when you see, specifically if you're working with those with autism, but in any 
group, like when I see people not taking notes on your clients, it drives me insane. Yeah. Like how are the gyms from a liability perspective just saying, oh yeah, just go ahead and do what you want. But what about if something, someone gets hurt and then what's a kid or guy going to do and just be like, oh yeah, I was just, I was doing, he was doing hip extensions with 150 pounds on his hips, you know, like, no, you should track this stuff, not only for, for liability reasons, but for your client and to measure goals and, it just drives me insane that this still happens today in the fitness industry. Let's, I, let's, I got two pages already written of notes. If that means anything <laughs> for you already, David. David, yeah. let's let's <laughs> let's stay right there for a second because I yeah. know that that's probably you know that that's important to everybody. Like you said, the young trainer, the old trainer, whoever is training somebody should be taking notes. But yeah. your clientele is you know there's a spectrum. They're all different. There's a large large. Uh, you know, or, or a large gap between, you know, what might be considered autism and, and, you know, from one side to the other. So how do you program or how do you train or how do you get to know these kids in a way? And, and how do you kind of roll out your plan for them? And, you know, and how does it differ from kid to kid? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And so, you know, a lot of people that come through our programs and we developed a the ACSM's Autism Exercise Specialist Certificate. It was their number one certificate last year, their specialty CEC course. But one of the things that we share is that this is not based, you don't design programs based on age range. It's about ability level, right? So I've had a kid with autism who's 10 years old, who quite frankly can hold a plank better than a a neurotypical 15-year-old. Right. It's how, what strategies are we using to get him or her to that point? And one, there's no question that we always start with a physical assessment, but that physical assessment is not going to look like it does. And this is what I have to translate to the trainers or obviously the parent who's paying because typically your customer is going to be the parent, right? right? But is to tell mom or dad, say, look, he's going to come here or she's going to be here for 60 minutes with me, but it may not look like, or we're not going to get through a full assessment because I'm focused on building that relationship first. Otherwise you are not going to get those kids or those adults involved. Right. So with some of the younger kids, for example, I'm on the ground playing with them, putting visuals out there and trying to attempt them to do a movement or at least me to get some assessment right? Of them physically. Sure. Um, But the same thing could be for the adults. Like, yeah, it may be a lot of talking. Like this one girl I worked with for years, the first half hour was just me hearing about her day. But then what I tried to do is, Hey, I know you're stressed out, Rachel. Why don't you just lay in this foam roller? And I want you to just lay and relax and calm your body, but tell me everything you want to tell me. Right. But not putting any stress or demands. Because what's also happened is multiple times, a parents would pick up their kid and they look at me and they said, he's not sweating. What did I just pay for? Because that's their perception Mm -hmm. of an exercise, you know, and fitness. Uh Yeah, they better be crawling off the floor away from you. They better be so tired. They want to go right to bed. And that's not exactly what fitness is. And especially... You know, we talk on this show about we want to make sure you realize fitness is is 
made of so many different things. Yes, there's movement. Yes, there's socialization. There's a mindset. There's happiness. What's your Mm. happiness, you know, fitness like? And that's what's going to allow you to have those relationships and the trust. And, you know, you want them to want to come to you and not, you know, have to. It's I get to go see David today. Yay! And... No, Christine, you're right on though. If, if that's what I tell trainers or that's what I like that we're working with is like, look, if you get them to come back to your session for session two, you win. Uh-huh. Right. That is a huge win because we've had trainers call our facilities and be like, Hey, I'm working with this kid with autism. He was perceived as being on the high end of the spectrum and he was teaching a more high level movement. And I go, that's great. And he goes, well, can I make a business out of this? And I go, Maybe, but I just want you to be prepared. I've been bit, hit, scratched, yeah. pinched. And he goes, oh, they're like that. And this, but he didn't know. Yeah. Right? It's not his, but, but if you, as I always say this, as fast as these kids or this community could come to your facility, they will leave twice as fast if they know you're not in it for the right reasons or if you're really not prepared and educated on what to do. It, yeah, and it's and it's it's just so, you know, it's just so fantastic. I my favorite thing when they come to see me and and I, I have them in a group and they, it was part of their summer program. They have like a you know lifelong learning program and it's great. They've got a little clubhouse and it's got you know washer dryer in there and there's a kitchenette and they could even have yep. a little they have a little room where they can, they can, they have a bed in it where they can learn how to make the bed and they can also take a nap in that bed and you know all those things whatever. Uh, it happens, and and again, you know, all the paras are there. Each kid has a, a, a you know, an, a, is assigned a, a para, and you know, but they would come to me, and it was you know PE class, and it was fun time, and everything was awesome. But they often come in from a, in a different mood. They'd come in from whatever they just left, and they would come in. Um, you know, there was I had eight of them, eight kids at one point. You know, plus the powers. It was a full house. You know, and oh, yeah. uh, and and you know, you kind of had to scan the room and say, okay, what's uh, you know, what's Shay doing today, and what's Jack up to today, and Alex. Alex is a tough nut, uh, you know, and and uh, Alex is probably the strongest human being on the planet I've ever met. We had a tire out in the back of the in the, of the gym, and he would flip that thing for as long as I let him. Um, yeah, yeah, fantastic. And you know, but but they would come in and they would be a little grouchy or you know rough around the edges, and and uh, you know I just love the fact that after you know forty five minutes or so of just fun and games and movement and some stuff and they love to push the sleds and they love to do some cool things uh, that they would be smiling and happy. And then I always ask for feedback. I ask for feedback from the school that, you know, I had asked for feedback from the families and, and I'd ask for feedback from the kids. And I'm just curious to know from you, I know what I got back, but before I say it, what kind of feedback do you get from people like as you review and ask you know questions and again over the years i've obviously it's going to be different but what do you think i mean i think the the biggest feedback especially from the families um is it's it has nothing i shouldn't say it has nothing the last thing you think about is like the exercise feedback it's more the relationship yeah it's more the um the confidence building, the stuff that quite frankly, isn't as measurable in a, in a research study, right? Right. Like 
really show that his confidence was increased by talking to the mom? Well, the moms are telling you. The right. dads are telling you. Exactly. Like, he's a different kid when he leaves. Like, that is what – that's why I do what I do. And that's what we're trying to train others to do with this yep. because you can have – I mean, it's – and, and and all the other pieces, you have a client for life for some of these kids, I love right? It. The, the things, yeah. The thing that I always hear, you know, is is the the things that we always look to measure from a fitness standpoint, which is all aesthetics. It's all glamour. It's all looks, weight, and image, and whatever. weight, yeah. and 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 all this stuff. This population doesn't have that on their radar they just don't look at things in the same lens that we do they're not stylish they're not you know they're 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 yeah. you know it, it, they're everything but that but when the feedback that i get from all of them is that their attention span was much better um they sleep yep. better at home they're more relaxed that you know they're, they're able to have better conversations with people um you know i heard things about their bowel movements improved uh, uh yep. you know fantastic things like that they're eating better they're telling me that yep. mom you we need to eat more vegetables uh you know and 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 all these things that you know sleeping better i think i mentioned but all these things that as grown-ups and adults and you know the people in the fitness industry are the reasons why people will go to the gym we completely overlook all those benefits of exercise right we completely overlook all of those things because we're just looking for the looks and the glamour and the aesthetics and the weight loss and the strength and i want to get toned and thin out you know i just want to feel good right and and these kids are are hitting on the exact like the main purpose of exercise which is feeling good, rest, recovery, yeah. attention span, you know, able to stay on task, uh, you know, and all these things. And, and, uh, I just think, and it's because they're feelers. They're not thinkers. They're feelers. They feel these things. Um, I, I, that to me was like the greatest thing. I'm like, they are understanding the real reason for exercise. Uh, and we just overlook no, yeah. it. Yeah. And what you said about, it's funny. I smiled when you said the, the, the bowel movements because <laughs> there was one boy, he was the youngest. And after I had ever worked with, he was three and a half. And after about a, it was, I worked with him for like nine years, but his mom said to me after about a, I don't know, it was a few months, but she's like, yeah, every time you leave, he goes to the bathroom and he's been constipated. Like you don't think about it. Right. right? And I had him in different, like I was trying to just different movement patterns. He's flipping, he's squatting. I'm trying these things, but Boom. Like this was stuff that parents are going to doctors trying to figure out or they're taking supplements. No, he's just kind of moving. I was just just making them. Yeah, it's that's so it's crazy. Great. It's so cool. Yeah. That's for yeah. adults, too, I think, too. You know, <laughs> I mean, oh, so. any, any any of these things that you're you know, that you're saying that you're putting these kids through what it what kind of, you know, I guess is a sticking point is that sometimes kids, adults, anyone with various diseases, disorders, what are they told to do? Rest or you can't do that or we don't expose them to certain things because we don't want them to fail or to get hurt. Yet those are the things that actually make them come alive. And, mm -hmm. you know, what, what you're doing is sometimes, you know, I don't think everyone is, is always on board. And I'm curious to know that, you know, doctors or health professionals in your area, how did you overcome maybe getting people to see that what you do is so powerful? So, you know, soon after, so after I was teaching at 
the school giant steps. I taught there for almost two years and then left to start then exercise connection now. And that was around 2009. Um, I was, my goal was just to educate parents about the difference between what exercise is versus physical or adapted physical education and movement-based therapies like OT and PT, right? All critical, right? Um, but that was my goal. So I was literally just going across the country with little to no money at all, going to autism parent conferences, state by state driving. And I started with a DVD and eventually a self-published or self-published book, which is now a published book. Um, but I was just trying to educate parents and say, look, PT and OT will eventually end but your kids' sensory needs or their need for movement will not end. And what fitness professionals need to understand and recognize in their communities is that not all, I never want to speak in absolutes, but most PE or physical education programs are not meeting the needs that these kids need. Right. What Also what people don't know is of the 50 states, only 14 require an advanced certification to be deemed an adapted certified physical education teacher. So that means 36 states only require one three-hour credit course. That means that they have that they're adapted certified. Illinois is one of them. That means that that student, not their fault, it's a system problem, but that student leaves college. He's then going to go into teach adapted PE and he's supposed to learn wheelchair, Down syndrome, autism, cerebral palsy, and you name it. And then what happens? They go to the classroom. They're trying their best effort. But what happens to these kids? Just let them walk around the classroom. Right. Or it's okay. He's got autism. He's fine. He doesn't need to catch a ball. He can't do that. But they don't know. Yeah. So. The fitness world has such an opportunity to help this population in their communities because of this happening in our schools and because um, th th there's just a desperate need out there. Absolutely. So, and, yeah. And and as you said, the uh, you know, unfortunately, the market is growing, right, with one in 44 these days. Um so so let's take it there. Your your education that that you've created, your your program that you have for ACSM is that still um you know your push on this is that is or do you do it in house now? How do you uh, roll out your education? Yeah, it's it's no, I mean it's a strategic partnership with ACSM, so it's a two-part um certificate or course to earn the certificate. You have to start with online modules, which is about 6 hours of learning. Um and then once you now trainers could decide, look, you know what? Maybe this isn't the right community for me. Maybe I don't want to do this. They can still earn their CECs, right? Through ACSM, NASM, AFA, um, ACE, NSCA for that portion. But if you want to earn the furl certificate, then it's we had to well, we made it due to the pandemic, but a virtual or in-person workshop. So then you spend another six hours. Um, learning different protocols, group-based, individual protocols, and learning exercises and how to break them down. And then you're also learning all these evidence-based strategies and how to apply them in an exercise setting. 
It's awesome. So, uh, and how, and how is that? How many, how many trainers do you, are out there? How many, uh, you know, or have gone through the course or, you know, ballpark, if you don't know offhand, but you know, how, like, yeah, is, is it a uh, common, I, is it a common certification? You said, is there a number one seller? It's their number one CEC course, their okay. specialty CEC course. Um, we've had, um, over probably over 500 trainers complete the entire Great. thing. It's fantastic. Now, some of that is international. We've trained a hundred people out in Singapore. Um, we've the best story just recently. I was just in Bahrain a few months ago. A trainer flew from Bahrain to come and take this certificate. She left, went back to Bahrain, started the only autism exercise facility in the Gulf, but in Bahrain, and is now making a huge impact in the Gulf region. Um, and it's awesome. It's like, it's, I mean, yeah, we've had prior to the pandemic, we had like we were in Maryland hosting a workshop. We had three people from Hong Kong fly in for the workshop. Like, I never imagined and dreamed, and to honest, like, just truly blessed to do this. But you know, when I was young and 24, I'm like, oh, I'm going to be able to help every ki- kid and do that. No, this is my way to help. And this is what we want to do. And and this is what we're just trying to spread the message because these kids need it across the world, not just in the United States, across the world. I love talking to people who know their shine. <laughs> like it, it just makes me so happy that you found your thing, David, and you're like, you know what? I don't care that I was didn't have a lot of money and I'm going to these conferences. And I think it's important for you know our listeners of this show around the world that sometimes, and even it happens to me, I don't know what happens to you, but like you get discouraged sometimes. Oh, and, yeah. And you're like, is this, oh, yeah. is this really, you know, really supposed to, I mean, we all went through a pandemic and we're all in health and wellness of, you know, of some sort. Um, and, you know, you question like, should I have, you know, what if I, and all of a sudden, you know, you get to hear from someone like you that is like, you know what? Yeah, there were some tough times and, and yep, I did this and I put myself in the trenches and I learned as much as I could. And now I know that from what I learned, I need to share this with other people. And like you said, people flying in from Hong Kong and, you know, at the end of the day, I always, you know, I've really changed my vision of what success looks like and, you know, is success that billions and billions of dollars or is success knowing wow, I'm changing lives, I'm doing what I love, and I get to go to bed every night feeling like, you know what, no matter what kind of chaos ensued today, I know that I'm doing the right thing. You know, and that, I hope that, I wish that for everyone in the world, that everyone could feel that, you know, that passion and say, yep, you know what, I'm meant to, I'm meant to do this. So. Yeah, no, I, I hear you, but I, I definitely got to share this because, well, see, if you knew me, I know we we've talked a little bit, and that was we were on that high of being <laughs> close to whatever. But I'm a pretty emotional guy, so I'm going to try not to cry here. Um, we but, like crying, David. We like crying. So my during the pandemic, I almost shut everything down. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I sat my entire team around the table and was just bawling my eyes out. And my number. She's my number two, but she's really my number one. She goes, Dave, the next day, she's like, Dave, I don't want to stop. We got too many good things going. ACSM, mm-hmm. exercise, money, our app. And we made a 90-day plan and we made it work. And thank God, you know, we're still here. 
Um, but ultimately all the things that, you know, exercise connection has created isn't just really all, all through my brain. I mean, I've had the team that I have now, but there's been people before this who've, this is how we built these programs that are evidence-based research supported, um, and making an impact. So, uh, yeah, you know, the reason I am here today is I think this is, this was my God's plan, but also I believe that, or I know that my team that now and before that have come to help us get to this point, um, that's how we've, that's, that's why, that's why we're able to make this impact. And I just want to keep, I just want to keep doing it. So I'm every day now that pandemic definitely, I know changed a lot of people's mentality and, and lives uh, in, in many ways, um, sometimes for, for worse, but um, you know, this is, this is what I, I want to be doing. And now I just want to help other people to, to make this impact. I, that That's that, that uh, ongoing theme with our podcast is, you know, the, is the adversity that we have to come, you know, go through in order to, you know, really come out shining on the other end. So, you know, we, we don't ask for these things, but uh, sometimes they do happen. And if we have, uh, you know, a, a, a positive outcome from them, then they can be nothing but good in hindsight. You know, it's it's like, you know, we, we count our blessings. Uh, sometimes they don't always seem like blessings at the time. Um, I heard you've mentioned a few times the app. Tell us about yeah. the app. What What happens there? How does it work? Yeah, so we created a paper-based system, you know, just a visual of showing a picture of an exercise. And then when we did that, then the iPads came out. So I'm like, oh, I guess I got to figure this out. So we did. And then we, so it's a very structured app, right? That, that, uh, the, the, the structures in there, like, Brian, you're probably familiar, like a first end board, a start finish schedule. Sure. Well, we made them digital, but that's how we, we know these kids are learning in the classroom. But we created all the exercise visuals and video models in it. Um, and then I went to universities and said, hey, can you check this out? And we got ex essentially accepted by the universities because I don't have a master's degree or any of this stuff. But they, so we have a number of universities researching our app. There's seven supporting research studies on it. Um, so, yeah, and now we have schools and professionals using it across the world at a small scale. Um, but it's the app is just a, a tool in a trainer's or professional's toolbox. It's not going to solve the problem for every kid. For as many iPads or, or apps that, you know, you give a kid an iPad or an app, it could get tossed across the room or thrown in the toilet. Mm -hmm. So you gotta you gotta know how to use the other evidence based strategies when you're teaching exercise to this community. How to use visuals, how to do modeling, how to do prompting, right? How to use social narratives. And when Brian, when you were talking about your classroom transitioning in, right? Right. A social narrative could help that transition when they come to you. It could, you know, it may not reduce all that stress and anxiety that they're having, but Sometimes this is missed in the physical education world where they're not giving him any transition strategies to come to PE, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, no, I always had a theme coming in and, and you know, like you said, the first, you know, 15, 20 minutes is often just like, hey, how you doing? Let's sit and talk a little bit. <laughs> 
you know, and Shay would want to take her shoes off. I'd say, absolutely, go for it. Yeah. I love it when you take your shoes off. Does anyone else want to <laughs> take the shoes off? You know, and, and, and some of it was, some of it was me, you know, acquiescing to them so that I could, you know, have a smoother class, you know, it's just kind of like, what's going to, what's going to make you all feel comfortable? And, and then for, from there, we can, you know, build build from there. You know, if I if I try to make it rigid and hard, and I'm just another teacher then, and and it's just not going to work. Um, yeah, know, yeah. And you're look, you're exactly right because these kids, for all the right reasons, right? They go from a special ed or a behavioral therapy class, and it is about hitting goals and demands. But typically in PE, that's where you have a better opportunity to build the relationship because you don't always have to put those strict demands that they're used to. Right. So what you are doing there is what also trainers need to understand. And, and we do intuitively sometimes as trainers, right? Build that relationship with our client. It becomes more difficult in a PE setting because sometimes you're in an overcrowded class or a group you know what you you said eight students with dis, autism or disability that's not easy no right but a trainer in a one to one setting right working with a kid with autism you have a huge opportunity to really make an impact not only in building that relationship but making them pun intended having them make that exercise connection the the very first kid that i ever trained was a one on one and his his mother's a yoga instructor and i just she she knew me from from the gym and and she said, you know, I think you would work really well with him. And he's, and you know, he's, this is, this is him. And, and I, I said, okay, you know, okay. she says he's, you know, he's very able. He's, you know, he's got, he's got ability to, to do a lot of things in the gym. And, you know, he's, he's, uh, you know, and, and even in school, he was in some, you know, I don't even know, general population type of settings. And, and, you yeah. know, and he was in some special uh, uh, education classes for some other things. But uh, I said, I said, what is he? What is he into? What does he like? Well, tell me, like, what's his thing? And she's like, Star Wars. And yep. and then we made, I made like a half a dozen Star Wars workouts. And uh, Sam would come in, and and we'd uh, you know we'd work out, and and I'd have you know some things. And sometimes he was like, that's not Star Wars. I was like, I'm going by my limited knowledge of of whatever I remember from 1979, uh, you know, <laughs> Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back and things like that. But uh, uh, you know, it, it's it's a connection. Um, and, and that's one thing that I, that I have written down here is I want to know. So like they are, they're, they're quirky at times, you know, they have some are numbers kids, right? Some of them are facts or, you know, just like encyclopedias, others, there's artists, uh, you know, the kids are all different, but they, they tend to have, you know, something that they're very, very good at. My, my one kid is a sports baseball stats Savant. monster like you like my favorite sessions are with jack on a monday because i get the sunday football rundown from him and everything and uh and and so so tell me some stories that you've experienced there or some you know maybe some clients that are their kids that had some unique uh you know some unique i don't want to call them quirks but personality traits that um they you were know, savants yeah in their own way well yeah, and I mean, I've definitely had that, but I think also like that's sometimes like people's misconceptions of those with autism that it's the Rain Man. But again, you've got your nonverbal kids, or but how can they exercise? Yes, you know. But how do we communicate and, and get them to that point? But like there was one boy, um, Anthony, who I worked with for years. He's in some of our videos that you'll see in the certificate program. But um, look, he didn't want to exercise at all. Right. And he would I mean, he and this was not he wasn't the only one, 
but he was, he liked comic books. So that was my reinforcement, right? Like much like you're with the Star Wars is I asked mom, Hey, are you okay with at least me starting bringing him a comic book after every session? She's like, yes, that's fine, but we don't want to make this a routine. I go, trust me, I don't either, <laughs> but we eventually faded it out. Right. But, but then even when he was doing, like, I had him doing like, um, a rope pull, like a, like almost like a TRX, right? Inverted row. And, and I said to him, I go, Anthony, cause he had poor posture. I go, Anthony. Sorry. Me. I go, not- I go, show me Superman's chest. And right when I said that, boom, perfect posture. I go, okay, now row. Awesome. Awesome. The long story short, eventually didn't have to do. No motivator, no reinforcement. He's flexing. You see him in one of our videos, bench pressing 135 pounds. He's as skinny as a rail. But that became it, right? It, but it took years to get to that point. But And he still exercises today. It's awesome. Can I jump in and just say everything yeah. that you are saying? <laughs> and I know we're talking autism right now about relationships yeah. and bringing in themes and motivation and making, you know, getting that trust. Okay, let's just talk to everyone on this planet for a moment (laughs) and say that if you want to be a successful, I don't care what you say, trainer, you know, sanitation worker, CEO of a company, like, you know, you want to work with people with disabilities. This is how you do it. You connect people. At the end of the day, it's not about how much you're squatting or whatnot. It's about that relationship. And if we could take someone who, you know, Many of the people that have disabilities, they know they they're they have been treated differently sometimes, and they know it. And if we could take yeah. fifteen minutes, a half an hour, an hour out of their day where they feel like they are just like everybody else, then yep. guess what? We are doing our part in this world. And and I got to say this one piece again about the exercise in the fitness industry. Look. Many, not all, but many physical education programs are focused and their curriculums are based on sports, right? Mm -hmm. Fine. And for some kids, that is the motivator. But I've had more kids who don't want to be athletes and don't want to play sports. Mm -hmm. So, but here's the problem. If it is, for most of those who aren't want to be athletes, sports involves two of the most difficult things for those with autism, social skills and communication. Right. So we're mostly setting those kids up for failure when they walk into a classroom like that. But the PE world, right? We go into the gym. I think today I went in, I put my headphones on, I did my workout independently, or maybe I'm working with the trainer one-to-one. A person with autism that is more set up for their success, right? One-on-one or independent. Yeah, maybe they go in on the treadmill or do something and they're just watching the TV. Great. Their typical, their non-typical peers are doing that, right? Those without autism. That's why there is so much opportunity here for the fitness world to make a, so much of an impact here on this community. Does that make sense? And not only an impact, I mean, take it back and just say, listen, if you want to be in the fitness profession, listen, you also have to pay your bills. So, you know, yeah. there is a there is a demand. You said one in 44 right now. There's a demand and you could be doing something, making money, paying your bills and doing something great for the world. So let's drop the mic and, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, here, I got one more quick story. We had one of our trainers go through this course and but she was a PE teacher. 
frustrated with the system, frustrated with the school, right? So she started training kids outside of her school. She kept her day job and she started training kids X amount of times per week, started making more money part-time at home training these kids than she was at her primary day job. Now she left the PE world, is just doing this independently now. And it's a beautiful thing. She's, so but she's more focused. She's able to build those relationships and work with these kids, which she wasn't, she didn't have that true opportunity in PE because of the demands, because of the challenges, or because, quite frankly, the system problems the system. of the way the school is. I'm yeah. a retired teacher. They, they, yeah. I know. It's, you know, I mean, aside from the fact that, you know, what about my pension? What about my pension? I'm like, you know what? It, honestly, I am never going to stop teaching. And I teach in a different way now. And yeah. and that's what you find your shine. And people always said, you know, once you find that, the money will come. You will be okay. So they, yeah. my, the kids hate PE. Like they, the kids that come to me, they don't, they don't like PE. They, because they're, they are now in with the kids and they're this, they stand out. You know, they're, they're awkward. They're last picked. They're, you know, they're all those things. And it's just like, you know, they, they don't want to play basketball. Like, you know, they, some of them love to play basketball. If they came and, and, and played basketball in my gym, they'd love it. You know, like it, it's just, you know, the, but they just, they didn't like being in there. It was awkward. It was, it was just as awkward for them as it was for everybody else, including that PE teacher that didn't really know what to do with them. Right. Right. David, yeah. tell all of our listeners, please, where they can find out more information about the course and also mm -hmm. maybe, you know, your website, get in contact with you for anything going forward. The app, too. Yeah. <clears throat> so if you go, uh, you know, the course, it, it, it does begin on ACSM's platform. Um, so you can go to ACSM.com um, and, yeah, it's .com or is it .org? We'll find out. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> American College of Sports Medicine, and then in their search specialty certifications, you'll find autism exercise specialist. But you can easily just go to exerciseconnection.com, and then we've got everything from the course, and it'll link you to that first part, or exercise buddy, our visual exercise system, and just other information about our team and, and what we're doing. Beautiful. All right. Yep. David, thank you so much for, for spending some time with the two fit crazies on this uh, wonderful day. <laughs> and uh, honestly, I'm excited to uh, – both of us are excited to cross paths with you. Absolutely. Many times Reserved in the future. Reserved for, right? Reserved for David Gesslack. That seat still sits there. And Christine – reserved for Christine <laughs> Conti. We're going to reserve him again for next year. How about a reserve for Brian Prendergast Absolutely. as well? I mean, Absolutely. don't undersell yeah. yourself. No, no, no. I, hey. Oh, geez. Team coattails over here. Stop. I'm okay. Next, I'm okay. Here. Let's do it. Absolutely. Uh, all right. With that said, everyone, it is Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are two fit crazies. And the microphone. We are where it's at. <laughs> Peace.